for those of you who don't know, uh, my name's Todd, and I'm the pastor here. Um, so glad that you've chosen to uh, worship here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, and we are in a series called This Is My Church, and we're into week three of that, and we continue today. Um, in our first week, we defined what church is, and we said that church is a group of believers, a group of Christ followers who gather together on a regular basis, who are on mission for the sake of the mission of the church, and that is the Great Commission, which is to go and to what? Make disciples. Okay, all right, some of you were here, or maybe you, some of you were listening. A few of you. Anyway, uh, last week we talked about belonging, and we talked about the fact that when we say, this is my church, that means that we belong to a group of believers. We looked at Acts 2, 42 through 47, that very familiar passage where uh, Dr. Luke is writing, the, uh, uh, the gospel writer is writing the history of the first century church. And we found out that they belonged in kind of two groups. They belonged together in a large group of people, and they would come together very much like we do here today on Sunday mornings. And they would gather together and worship, and they would praise God, and there would be encouragement, and there would be the disciples teaching and so there's a belonging of a large group. And then there's a belonging that we ought to have in a smaller group. And so I, I'm prayerful that many of you would find a small group. And uh, you'll have plenty of opportunity to do that uh, here in two weeks. And uh, so that is what we've talked about so far. We've talked about what the church is and how we can belong to the church. And so this week we kind of kick off a bit of a series within, the, within a series, um, these next three weeks are going to kind of tie together, and they're going to center around uh, a word, and that word is investment. And you see, in some sense, when we say that we belong to a church, when we say this is my church, wherever that church is that you're a part of, whether it's Hilton Head Island Community or a church you know, in Ohio, which is probably where most of you, if you're not a part of this church, are a part of a church. Um, when you belong to a church, when you say this is my church, there's an investment that you make or that you ought to make into the life of that church. I want you to think of. The thing that you think of, what's the first thing that comes to your mind, just in your own mind's eye, when you think of that word investment? What do you think of when you think of investment? Some of you are like, Todd, the last five years, I didn't want to do this on Sunday morning. I don't want to think about investment on Sunday morning because of the last five years of investments. But what is that thing that you think of when you think of investment? There are a lot of things I think of. Uh, I think of business, of business investment, a a a investing into an asset or a yield, or value, or a portfolio, or a return on investment, or perhaps a loss of investment, which many of us have experienced these last five years. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, okay, and I'm just going to put your minds at ease. You're thinking, okay, great, here we go. This is the message. I've come to church. It's the first time I've come in a long time, and he's going to talk about money. Uh, so I know that's what some of you are thinking, and, and I'll just tell you that that's not the case. We will not talk about money today. That's next week, okay? So for those of you who are disappointed, come next week. Let me tell you something. It never, better not be low attendance Sunday next week. That's all I have to say, okay? All right? Um, here's what I want to communicate today. And here's our bottom line, our main principle, our key principle for today. And that is this. Being in, an investor in the local church means that you are passionately involved with your time. I want you to catch this. With your skills 
and with your, with your personal resources in every aspect of the church. Being an investor in the local church means that you are passionately involved with your time and your skills and your personal resources in every aspect of the church. That's what being an investor in a church means. And we're going to be talking about all of those the next few weeks. Today, specifically, we're going to be talking about what it means to invest in the church and into the internal workings of the church, into the ministry areas of the church. Next week, we're going to be talking about what it means to invest resources, money and other resources, tithes and offerings and and that sort of thing. And and I'll be giving you an in-depth update on, on the campaign and how we're doing with phase one of our new location in terms of raising money. And then the following week, to kind of close the series out, we're going to be talking about how we as investors can serve our community, our nation, and our world. And man, I'm excited about the next two weeks, but I'm really excited about the 29th because there are some new opportunities that I get to tell you about, and I'll just save that to the 29th. Now, um, when I was just um, out of college, um, I sold telephone systems business to business, and I've talked a little bit about that. I literally would knock on doors. I'd go door to door in businesses in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and then later in Atlanta, Georgia, selling telephone systems. It was great experience, but it was pretty awful. I've t- kind of talked a little bit about that. But it was interesting because when I was at this small little telephone company, um, one, one day they had a consultant show up at our company. And the consultant talked us through how we can do business better. And, I, and he used a term that I've heard of a lot since, but I had never heard of this. Um, and it was, he, he said, you all need to have a shift in your paradigm. And I thought, what is that? Is it a triangle? What's a paradigm? I have no idea you know, what that is. Is that a geometric shape or something? And I found out that the, the word paradigm means um, a pattern of thinking. Are you with me? It's a pattern of thinking. And so this consultant was coming in, and he was saying, you guys have to change the way that you think to do a better job at growing this business. You have to change the way that you think. And that's what I'm asking God for in our midst, is a change in the way that we think. I want you to catch this about serving in the local church. I'm asking God to give us a change in the way we think about serving the local church. Now, I I will tell you this. Being a part of Low Country Community Church and now Hilton Head Island Community Church, man, we have got great volunteers, don't we? I mean, you guys are the volunteers. You guys are awesome. You rock. Okay, so anyway, you guys just are awesome, and I absolutely love seeing our church serve. But, you know, I think that for most of us, when we think about serving in the local church, we have this word that we use, and then we have this mindset that we have, and it's this, it's volunteer, which is great. I mean, we're having, we're having an evening with the stars, and we, we use that word volunteer, and we'll continue to use that word volunteer. And I like that word volunteer. Let me give you the definition of volunteer. Volunteer is this, a person who volunteer, voluntarily offers himself or herself for a service or an undertaking. A person who voluntarily offers himself or herself for service or undertaking. It sounds good, doesn't it? But you know, as I think about that definition, in relation to the church, there's something that it lacks. I don't know exactly what it is, but if I were to try to pinpoint it, it would be this. That definition, when we think in terms of serving the church as volunteers, it seems very short-sighted, doesn't it? 
it seems like that word indicates, you know, some of you are from Tennessee. You're like, man, it indicates a football team that has been less than good these past couple years. But anyway, some of you are thinking that. But some of you think, you know what, when I hear the word volunteer, I think of a task to be done, a short-term undertaking or a project that needs to be completed. And I will tell you this, the mission of the church to go and to make disciples to invest in a legacy that leads our kids to Christ, that reaches into our community and our nation and our world, is anything or should be anything but short-term or short-sighted. Are you with me this morning? You see, I want us to have a change in the way that we think about serving the church. And I want us to go from an idea of volunteerism, which is great, to an idea of investing. And so when we say, this is my church, it takes on a whole different mindset. The word investor means this, a party, not a party, like a party, rah, 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 party. It's a party that makes an investment in one or more categories of assets with the objective of making a profit. That's a business term. But think about that applied to the church as opposed to a volunteer, a group of people that are together investing in one or more assets with the purpose of making a profit. You see, if we would change our paradigm, if we would have a change in the way we think from simply, man, I want to volunteer in this thing. I want to be involved in this thing, you know, that's short term, that's kind of short sighted, that's a project that will begin and end. If we shift our thinking from that to being an investor, man, it'll be amazing to see what God can do in our midst. To help illustrate this point, I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians 12. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't, the words will be on the screen. Paul, the Apostle Paul, one of the fathers of the first century church, the very first church, which was called uh, followers of the way back then. They were followers of Jesus. Paul writes a message to the church at Corinth. Now, one thing you need to know about the church at Corinth, in fact, he writes two messages. There's 1 Corinthians, and then the other one is what? 2 Corinthians. Okay, a little test there this morning to see if you're awake. Um, there's 1 Corinthians and there's 2 Corinthians, and both books are written to the believers in this, in this town, this very metropolitan, uh, very forward-thinking, really city, more like, called Corinth. And the church in that day, they were a great church. But you know what? They were really divided because there were a lot of people that were really passionate about seeing the good news of Jesus proclaimed. And then there were a lot of people that just wanted to be part of what was going on in Corinth. And most of what was going on in Corinth was not good. And so one of the problems that arose that came up, that bubbled up in the church at Corinth was there were people that were investors, like we're talking about today, and they were taking their gifts and their talents and their skills, and they were using them for God's glory. But you know what they were about them? They were prideful about their gifts and their abilities. And they had a sense of arrogance about the fact that if I didn't exist and if my gifts didn't exist, man, the church wouldn't exist. And boy, that is a very, very dangerous place to be and maybe as a result of that or maybe as a precursor to that there was a whole nother group of people who were christ followers followers of the way who were passionate about the church but you know what they did they did nothing and they were extremely talented they were extremely gifted but they sat on the sidelines and did nothing and so paul writes a message of correction 
He writes a message of encouragement and instruction to the church there in Corinth. And I think on the verge of us moving into a new facility, on the verge of us as a church really going after our community and really sharing the gospel as a whole, we need to take this as a word of encouragement and maybe instruction this morning. Let's read 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to be reading all the way from 12 down through 27. And I'll stop at different points. Paul says this. The body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form what? One body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. And then he says this in verse 14. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And it leads us to our first point this morning, and it's this. Serving the church as an investor this morning means, first and foremost, that the body of Christ operates at its optimal level when everyone uses their God-given abilities within the church. Are you with me on that? Everyone. Not just a group of people, not just some, but everyone. Let's read it again. The body of Christ operates at its optimal level when everyone uses their God-given abilities within the church. This idea of being an investor in the local church, for those of you who have said yes to Jesus, for those of you who are Christ followers, this is an all-in thing. And this isn't meant to guilt you or make you feel bad, but once we say yes to Jesus, we ought to say, and our next step is to say yes to serving him in some kind of capacity, to be an investor in the body of Christ, the local body of Christ. There's a, a certain pastor in Atlanta who expresses this to his church, and actually after the first service, I had someone come up and say, yeah, he does this every year. He expresses this to his church in this way. He says, if you're here and you're a Christ follower and you're not serving, we need your seat. And he follows that up by, essentially, we need you to find another church. Wow, man, that's pretty bold, isn't it? I'm not going to say that this morning. He said it, not me, okay? But you know what? You know what? Is he right? Yeah, he's right. He's right in some, in some sense that if we aren't serving the bride of Christ, which is what the Bible says the body of Christ is, if we're not serving her in some form or fashion, if we're not off the sidelines, in the game, then we're doing a disservice to us as Christ followers individually in our own lives, and we're doing a disservice to the church. Now, I realize that each of you are going to find your gift mix. You're going to find your shape, as Rick Warren describes it, in your, in your own way, uh, at your own pace. And that's part of the DNA of Hilton Head Island Community Churches. We want to help you do that. We want to help you find that area that is um, your area of gift. Some of you are limited. Some of you will have hours and hours and hours a week to give to the church. Some of you are limited with time. Part of our job as your staff is to help you find the areas where you can invest and be all in. But the point is this morning that being a body of believers who are investors means that we are all collectively all in. That we are collectively, that we are all, all in. I, I virtually know nothing about investments. 
I know nothing about investments. I'm not a financial planner. Um, you, if you looked at our accounts, you would know that. But um, one thing I do know is, is that when you invest in you know, an IRA or a Roth or a stock or something like that, you're not doing it alone, are you? When you invest in that fund, there are hundreds and thousands of other people investing along with you. And here's the point this morning. Investing in the life of a church is the same way. You will not have a good return if you do it alone. If some of you say, yeah, I'm in, and others say, I'm just going to stay back here on the sidelines and y'all play the game. We're not going to have the greatest return on our investment as a church. In uh, 1906, there was an Italian economist by the name of Vilfredo Pareto. And some of you have heard of Pareto's principle. He found out this, that in Italy, there were 80% of the, 80% of the land in Italy was owned by 20% of the population. 80% of the land was owned by 20% of the population. And so today, because of Pareto, we have Pareto's principle, or it's uh, also called the principle of the vital few. And it's used in economics, it's used in political science, it's used in research, computer science, and that sort of thing. But you know what's sad? Is that in recent days, experts have applied Preto's principle to the church. Because 20% of you do 80% of the work in a church, in a normal church. That's what experts tell us. Well, I want to paint a picture of reversing Preto. What if... What if at Hilton Head Island Community Church, we said, no, we're not satisfied with that. We're not satisfied that 80% of you essentially do virtually nothing. What if we said we as a church want to do the opposite of Preto? What if we said, you know what, our goal is to have 80% of people investing in the life of this church. Can you imagine what would happen? I mean, there would be in Island Kids, there'd be no empty rooms in terms of teachers, okay? I, there, aren't, there are teachers in there, I promise you. But Diane would have a much easier time filling those spaces and filling those rooms and raising up teachers to help us in Island Kids. If we reversed Preto, we could, we could have more life group leaders than we could possibly imagine. If we reversed Preto, Cynthia and her team would not have a hard time finding people to greet and do hospitality and help out in the parking lot. If we reverse Preto, it's amazing what could happen in our community. The message of Jesus Christ would go out in mass, and it would be amazing to think what could happen if we reverse Preto. So I want as a goal for us to say, you know what? We ought to be the church that does something different. Again, a change in paradigm, a change in thinking. Let's not just settle for what's normal. Let's say we're going to be the type of church that says, yeah, we are all in. And guess what? 80% of our people are involved in investing in the life of this church. Back to Paul. Paul, he's used this physical body as an analogy for the body of Christ. And he goes further in his explanation, verse 15. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. Verse 16. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that would be kind of funny, wouldn't it? Uh, we would, uh, uh, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, I want you to catch this. Don't miss this, verse 18. But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he 
wanted them to be. Isn't that great? Verse 19, if they were all part of one, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Our second point this morning is twofold, and that is this. The effectiveness of the local church is eroded when competence and self-worth are scarce. The effectiveness of the local church is eroded when confidence and self-worth are scarce. You see, what Paul's trying to communicate here is that there are some who are serving in the, who could serve in the church that are just sitting on the sidelines. And you may be in here today and you're like, yeah, man, I'm, if I were honest, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm one of those. And there are good reasons, aren't there? Uh, it, it could be that you just don't have self-confidence. could be that you don't know your gift mix will help you do that. It could be that you had a bad experience serving in a previous church. It could be that you served in a previous church and they wore you out and they wore your time out. They took advantage of you. I understand that. I get that. But you know what? There's a time and a place to say, you know what? I got to take that first step. I got to take that first step. I've got to get off the sidelines and I've got to say yes to being an investor in my local church. And for some of you, today is that day to dig deep within and find that untapped potential, that previously untapped potential, and get involved in the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church. Let's keep on reading. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I love that word, indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. While our uh, presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body. I I want you to hear that again. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And this is the second warning this morning. The effectiveness of the local church is eroded when ego runs rampant. Wow, isn't that true? The effectiveness of the local church is eroded when ego runs rampant. Now, I personally would say this is not a problem here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, but you know what it could be, couldn't it? It very easily could be because some of you might say, man, I'm serving, I'm working so many hours, and I've got this gift that I'm doing, and you know what? I don't see other people serving. I don't see them using their gifts, or if they, if they are using their gifts, they're less than mine. Wow, man, dangerous, dangerous, dangerous territory, isn't it? You see, what Paul is saying here is that all gifts within the body of Christ are equal. So if you're here this morning and you were out in the parking lot, your gift is no less than mine is. If you were here and you were in the baby's room and you've changed a diaper in there, your gift is no less important than someone who's up here on stage. If you're the type of person that goes out and you tell people about Christ and you bring three or four or five people to Christ every week in just the normal course of your life, You are no better than the person that shakes a hand when people come in here on Sunday morning. All gifts are equal. And the effectiveness of the church is eroded when we think otherwise. Take a look at the last verse this morning in closing. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Don't forget that. Each 
one of you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, each one of you are part of the body of Christ. Okay, so let's get practical for a moment. How can I invest in Hilton Head Island Community Church? Yeah, Todd, I get the volunteer to investor thing, but how do I do that? I want to give you three ways, and each one of you will probably hit on one of these three things. First of all, I must be committed to developing my own personal faith journey. This will include faithful church attendance. We talked about that last week. Joining a life group. We talked about that last week. And committed to prayer and reading God's word. As investors, if we want a maximum return on our investment, whether it's with children or students or with the band or in greeting, if we want the maximum return on our investment, if we really want to see those, that, that high rate return on our investment in the local church, we have got to be committed to those habits and those things that are necessary for, for growth spiritually within us. Are you with me this morning? We've got to be committed to that church. And so maybe you're here this morning and you're like, yeah, man, I'm serving, or I want to serve, or I'm ready to serve, but man, my, my faith has just been weak. You know, my, my prayer life has just been lacking. My time with God's been, been kind of dwindling. I think your first step to getting involved and in being an investor is to shore some of those things up, is to really galvanize your own spiritual growth so that you can maximize the time that you invest in the church. Secondly, some of you, for some of you, it's this. I must discover my spiritual gift or gifts and identify how my talents and abilities can be used at Hilton Head Island Community Church by attending the core. Now, last week we talked about the core. It's our membership class, but as a part of that class, we also will lead you and guide you in ways and tools that you can find your spiritual gifts and use them in this body of believers. And so coming up on February 12th, and we've added one on March 11th, you can come to either one of those. You don't have to come to both of them. They're not part one and part two. They are all-inclusive classes, and it's called the core. And if you're in here this morning and you're like, that's my next step, that's what I need to do. I need to find out where to serve because I need to find out how God has gifted me. Attend the core class coming up either on February 12th or March 11th. And if you write core on your little guide there and turn it in today, uh, if you write core and write the date, we'll send you an email reminder letting you know that you signed up for that class. Lunch and child care are provided, so there's no excuses, okay? All right, the third way here, the third thing is this. I must get involved and invest where I can. We are having on uh, Sunday the 29th, not only are we giving you a way to get involved in small groups, but we, will, uh, we are compiling a list of all the service opportunities within Hilton Head Island Community Church. All of those areas where you can invest, we're going to let you know about them, and we're going to give you the opportunity to sign up starting January 29th. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to pray about where God would lead you to serve. For some of you who have never investigated your gift mix, come to the core class. But some of you are in here today, and you know where to serve. Maybe you need to see a list. Maybe you need to find out a little bit more. But you know exactly where you need to serve. Get involved. Don't delay. Don't let another day go by without you jumping in and becoming an investor. And then there are some of you in here today where you know exactly what your gift mix is. You know exactly how God made you, and you know exactly where you're supposed to serve today. Let us know about that. We have plenty of opportunity. Just three right off the bat. We absolutely need more investors in, in Island Kids. No doubt about it. All ages. 
We need more investors in Island Kids. We absolutely need more help on Sunday nights with Vibe. Pastor Rob, Cassie, they're doing a great job, they're doing a fantastic job. But you know what? We need more than just a couple volunteers. We need help on Sunday nights with investing in the life of our students. And then thirdly, another way you can just jump in and get involved is our hospitality team, our guest service team, which includes parking, hospitality, and greeting. And if you can put a smile on your face and shake a hand, we could use your help in those areas. Let us know how we can get you involved in being an investor here at Hilton and Allen Community Church. Closing, I want to leave you with this. What is our return? What is it that we are trying to accomplish as a church? When you invest in a stock or a fund or you invest in a company, you want the return to be money. You want, you want the return to be some kind of additional funds. Or perhaps if it's at work, you're investing in something at work and you get shares of stock. Or perhaps you get a, a bonus or, or you may get an increase uh, in terms of your role there at the church. Well, what are we doing as a church? What is our return? You know what it is? It's simple. It's changed lives, isn't it? That's it. That's what we're looking for when we invest in the life of a church. The return is changed lives. It's more people who say yes to the gospel, to the good news of Jesus Christ. It's more people who are growing in their faith. It's students who are on fire for God. It's children who say yes and accept Jesus Christ as young kids. It's people who are going through a crisis that need to be connected with a small group. When you invest in a local church, what you're doing is you're seeing lives change, and that's the return. And when you do that, you know what you do? You leave a legacy for the next generation. You leave a legacy for those who come behind you. Jesus said this in John 12, 32. He said, but when I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And we who say yes to being investors, that's our job. It's to lift high the name of Jesus Christ. It's to make him famous in our community and our nation and our world. And when we do that, we're leaving a legacy for the next generation. When we do that, we are truly becoming investors. When we do that, we are truly becoming people who say, yeah, this right here, this is my church. Will you pray with me this morning? God, thank you for our time this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would change lives who are in here this morning. God, I pray for those who walked in here this morning and there may be something that is keeping them, something in their spiritual life that's keeping them from their gifting. It's keeping them from investing in the life of this church. And God, I pray that you would help reveal that to them. God, I pray for those who are sitting on the sidelines. God, I pray that you would give them, your Holy Spirit would give them a passion to jump in with both feet and say, yeah, I want to be a part of what God is doing here on Hilton Head Island. God, I pray for those who are in here today and they've said yes, they might have said yes a long time ago, but they don't know exactly what that means and how to do it. And I pray, God, that they would sign up for one of these core classes coming up. And God, I pray that they would find their spiritual gifts, they would find their talents, and that we as a staff would be able to plug them in to an area in the church where they can invest their time and their talents. And God, I pray for those who are just sitting on the sidelines today, and they know their gift mix. They're doing great in their journey with you. 
But God, they just need to say, hey, coach, let me in. Let me in the game. And they need to jump into an area of ministry. God, I pray that you would prompt them, that your Holy Spirit this morning would prompt them to action. God, I pray that you would raise up dozens and dozens of investors in the life of your church here on Hilton Head Island. People who are serious about leaving a legacy of making your name great in our community and in the world. Help us to be a church that takes that seriously and that optimizes every opportunity that we have to do that. And I pray that in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Cause I don't mind if you've got something nice to say about me. And I enjoy an accolade like the rest. And you could take my picture and hang it in a gallery of all the who's, who's, and so-and-so's that used to be the best at such and such. It wouldn't matter much.
is our prayer. Oh, as a church, God, I pray that you would help us to have the courage and the strength, to have the passion and commitment and character, not only in our lives, but in our investment in your church, your bride. Father God, help us to say yes to being investors. God, I pray right now for those who may be in here today and they don't know who you are. They don't know you as Savior. God, I pray that you would put people and things in their lives that would point them to you, that would help them understand the gospel, the good news of you. Father God, I pray that we would be a church who lifts your name high. And God, that one day when we get to see you in heaven, you'll look at us and you'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Oh God, we want to hear those words. And I pray that we would be faithful to the message and to the ministry. God, thank you so much for what you're doing in the life of our church. God, I pray for that building. I pray for all the contractual issues. God, I pray that you would just sew everything together here in these days. Raise the money. God, we're trusting you for every bit of it. And God, we are going to be so thankful.